0: Okay, now we begin with Seachah Sukkah, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph. And this Mishnah will set forth some of the basic requirements for a kosher sukkah. The Mishnah starts out by saying, Sukkah she mala l'mala esrim ama psula. If you have a sukkah, and it is more than 20 amos tall, when we say 20 amos tall, we mean the distance between the ground inside the sukkah and the bottom layer of the schach, above the sukkah. If that distance is more than 20 amos, then... The sukkah is not kosher. An amma, you call is the distance between a normal person's elbow and middle finger. Um, And it's understood, la to be somewhere in the range of between one and a half and two feet, roughly half a meter. So you're talking about 20 amos. What you mean is that basically it's 10 meters high, about 30 feet high, like a three-story building. At that point, it's too tall. Now, why would that be the case? The amoraim and the gemara bring three different opinions— Rava, ending in an Aleph, says the reason why is because if you have a, a building that's, that's so tall, so you'll necessarily have to make like a robust structure to support something that's so tall. That's a tip over or a blow over and so on. And that means you'll be forced to make some sort of permanent construction. And the requirements for a sukkah is that it should be a diras arai, a temporary home. And if you make the sukkah so high, you're forced to make like a permanent construction, which is not kadin, not Allah. The second approach, that of another approach of Rabbah, with the hay at the end, is that when one goes into the Sukkah, it's to, he has to fulfill the Pasuk. <laughs> the reason for going to the Sukkah, as the Pasuk says explicitly, is so that um, we should be mindful of the fact that Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt and put them into Sukkot. And therefore, the Schach reminds you of that. But if the Schach is so high, more than 20 almost tall, Above you, you won't even notice it. It's up too, too high to be normally noticed. The general rule is that one's eye doesn't notice things above 20 Amos. The same we saw in the beginning of Sechas Erevin, that the Korah, that, as the entrance to the, the of the alleyway, the crossbeam there, can't be 120 Amos, has to be lowered if it's that high because one doesn't notice it. The third approach is the approach of Rabbi Ribzera says that the point of the Schach, and the Sukkah is named after the Schach, is to create a shaded place you dwell inside the shade of the schach. But if the schach is so high, so then almost invariably, when you're inside there, you won't be in the shade of the schach. Either You won't be in any shade at all. The sun will come in from the sides, or in the shade of the walls. Um, so those three approaches given. The Bartonor just brings Rava's approach. The issue is the issue of um, Diras Aray. It should be like a temporary dwelling place. And that's the Shulchan aruch as well. Rabbi Yehuda's machsha. Rabbi Yehuda says, Even if the schach is 20 almas or more tall, it's still kosher. And the reason is because Rabbi Yehuda actually requires that the sukkah be a place that could last, you know, indefinitely. It has to be a diras keva, a a place that you could last, stay there for a long time. And therefore, there's no problem with the sukkah being more than, the schach being more than 20 almas tall above the the base of the sukkah. Now, we have three more things now that would make your Sukkah, not kosher. The first is, mm-hmm. If the height of the schach above the floor of the sukkah is less, that is not 10 tfachim high, so then the sukkah is not kosher. The reason why is because the sukkah is a place where one is, it says, you have to live in the sukkah, which means it says, sukos sukkah teshvu, you will live, live in the sukkah. And the Chazal Darshan Teishvu taduru, you have to dwell on the sukkah like you live in your home. And nobody would live in a home where the ceiling is less than 10 tefachim off the ground. The tefach, you recall, is a hand breadth. Um, you can think of it as roughly 10 centimeters, 4 inches to be rough. So that means 10 tefachim is basically 1 meter off the ground, a yard off the ground. Um, and... That being the case, that it's just, it's like a hovel, a lowly hovel, and if it's that low, no one, no one would live in it. It's called a dirasrucha, an icky place to live, and therefore it's not kosher. Second of all, la shelosh tefanos, if your sukkah doesn't have three walls, it's also not going to be kosher. Now, the scriptural allusion from which one can extrapolate that there are three-wall requirements is a little technical. It's based on the fact that the sukkah, in the talk about sukkahs I mentioned the Phrase basukos in sukkahs three times. Uh, the actual verses, if you want to look inside, it's in Vayikrat Chav Gimel, chapter 23, sukkah mem gimel, so starting on, on verse 42. It says, Basukos teshu shivas yamim, so that's the first instance of basukos. In Sukkas you shall dwell for seven days, that's the first one. Every uh, Jewish citizen, I'm going to translate it on Ezra right now, every Jew will dwell inside basukos, inside a sukkah. That's the second mention. Laman sechem, so that your generations shall know, ki basukos hoshavti so that your generations will know that I caused the Jews to dwell basukos in sukkah. So that's the third time. So the way that, now here's how the mechanics of Joshua works for what it's worth. Um, the way this, the word sukos or basukos is spelt is different. The, it's not consistent in those three instances. The first two times it says basukos, and there's no vav in the letter basukos. But in the third time basukos, there is a vav at the end of the word, right before the tuf, the suf. So without vowels, it sort of looks like basukas, singular, but basukos would be plural, like multiple sukot. So the way the drush works is you have, like, so to speak, sukat twice, two singles, plus sukkot, which is like plurals, you have two more, for a total of four sukkot to work with, if you will. One of the four you need to tell you the very point that you have to be in a sukkah made of schach, and the schach is the ikr, the essential point of the sukkah, leaving you with three more superfluous sukkot, so to speak, to extrapolate from, and that's the basis for the three walls. Okay, so that's, that's the scriptural source, the allusion, anyways, to the requirement for three walls. Now, as I said in the introduction, I want to make sure it's clear here again. The, we're gonna, the three walls, how they work, seems to confound people. Um, you'll see why it's a little more involved in a moment. So if you haven't learned it before, hopefully it won't be confounding this time. Um, but I just want to lay the groundwork first to understand what's going on over here. If you learn Masechus Erevin, you'll recall that there were these three mechanisms by which one could create a legal partition, a machitza, even though uh, it wasn't solid. It was actually empty space. So those mechanisms, petic yor vesosem, good, aches or and also tzuras those mechanisms will allow for legal partitions and may have some relevance over here in the area of sukkah. But a sukkah doesn't just need machizah; doesn't just need partitions. It needs actually dafanot. A dofen is a is a wall. It needs a wall. A home needs a wall. In other words, if you just say like have like um a a pesach like two side posts and a cross beam so that has a legal status for partition that's how ervin are often set up you put those like sticks and poles or whatever you know they're around the city or whatever there is to make to make your air um so that would be a legal partition but doesn't count as a wall so you can't just put you know four poles put four sticks on top of them and say well that could create uh, what's called Roshos Yachid for Hilkos Shabbos and Ervin, it certainly can't create de funnels to make a sukkah if you just have four four poles to, you know four crossings to top them and then put schach on that with no walls you can't say the a pesach that constitutes walls no you haven't got a kosher sukkah yet you need defanot actual walls okay nevertheless um, there, the first two walls defanot must have to be solid walls the third one um, can employ Some of those mechanisms, which I'll explain in a moment. Um, But I want to make sure one other point is clear. If you recall from Erevin, we discussed, and I think I mentioned the introduction as well, there's another fourth principle which came to bear a lot in these issues, which is the issue, the principle called lovehood. Now, lovehood is not a rule that applies specifically in the just to. Mechitzah, to partitions. The principle of lovehood applies across the board throughout Torah Kula, throughout the Torah, and the principle of lovewood basically is that if you have two objects that are within three tfachim, within, say, 11 inches of one another, then the distance, this empty space between those two objects, is negligible. It doesn't count. It's as if it's filled in, where they're connected. This could apply to something that's close to the ground. It's as if it's attached to the ground, cause it's sitting on the ground, because lovewood. It could apply to the a gap in your schach. If you have a hole in your schach, but like between the branches, let's say, if the distance between one branch and the next is less than three tvachim, it's as if there's no hole in the schach and it's filled in, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> not considered to be a significant hole. And in partition making, you can also have like bars or beams or straps, and if one strap to the next is within three tvachim, then we look at it as if it's it's filled in and solid. Okay? Now that can work for your the funnels on success. So, here is the story with the three walls. The first two walls need to be solid, conventional walls. Chazal understand that the size of the sukkah, the minimum size of a sukkah, has to be big enough to contain rosho, verubo, v'shelchano, which means the majority of your person, including your head, and also your table. So that means we're allocating six tefachim for rosho, verubo, most of your body, including your head, and then a seventh tefach to squeeze in a small table. So that's required because have to be able to eat inside your sukkah without sticking your head out and so on. So that's the minimum size of a sukkah, 7 by 7 tefachim. Again, a tefach is something like around 10 centimeters or 4 inches. So that means you're talking about 70 by 70 centimeters or 28 by 28 inches, basically the size of a shower stall, very small. Okay, so that's the size of your sukkah. Now, two of the walls need to be 7 tefachim across. Okay, and they're set at right angles. Well, I shouldn't say that. Each one is, is seven Tfachim across, and a height, a minimum of ten Tfachim. The reason for the ten Tfachim is because, in general, all legal partitions and walls need to be ten Tfachim high. So your sukkah walls need to be, therefore, seven Tfachim across and ten Tfachim high. Now, two of them need to be like that. The third one can employ some wiggle room and some leniencies to make for, like, a legal partition, even though you haven't got a solid wall. So, now, the rules of that third wall differ whether you're talking about two possibilities. If your first two solid 7x10 walls are touching one another, meaning at right angles, so you have like an, such an L-shaped on, two of the, uh, L-shaped on two of the walls, so then the third wall can be made of simply a small one Tefa, or medirban, slightly more than one tefach wide slat um, that's 10 tafacham high, and that slat is placed within three tfachim of one of the walls. Like to, and the idea being that since the slat's within three tfachim of one of the corner walls, so then you've got lavud connecting it. And the total distance from the corner plus those, let's call it 2.9 tfachim, plus, let's call it 1 and a bit, let's call it 1.1, if you will, um, tfachim of slat, gives a total of, let's say, four tfachim. The numbers don't have to add up exactly. The essential point here is that in total you have more than three and a half tvachim. So you have the majority of a seven tefach wall. So again, if your setup is you have two walls, seven by ten each, that meet in the corner, the third wall, which comes off one of those two other walls, can actually be a legal wall that's set up with the mechanism of lavud, giving you the first almost three tvachim, plus another tefach of slat, giving you four tvachim total, and 4 out of 7 is the majority, and that's sufficient. midr they require that you still have, extending that wall out to a total of 7 Tfachim, um, using a mechanism of a Tzuras Pesach. So that means that 7 Tfachim away from the edge where you're building this wall, and other words, you have the L-shaped. Okay, so with one, one end of the L, you're building the third wall. So you'll space... Up to three tvachim with nothing. Then you'll put down that one and a bit tefach wide slat, giving you four tvachim. And then you'll put a little, even a little tiny pole, doesn't matter how thin, a dowel or something, um, a total of, let's say, three more. So the distance from the dowel to the beginning of the second wall is seven tfachim. Um And between the tefach wide slat and the dowel, you have like a cross beam on top of it to create what's called a tzuras Pesach, the shape of a doorway, which is a legal partition. So then between the Tzorasa Pesach, plus, let's call that, we'll call that, that's three Tfachim, plus the one Tefach width of the slat, plus the three more Tfachim almost of the Lavud, gives a total of seven. Um, so long as you have like seven Tfachim in that third wall, you could build it with simply a one Tefach wide slat, plus a little simple Tzorasa Pesach with two dowels or something. That's the third wall if and how lenient it could be if you're building it where the first two walls are touching in the corner. If you have two walls that are 7 by 10, solid walls, and you're not putting them touching the corner, but rather you're putting them one opposite the other, one parallel the other, then your third wall that's going to speak, so to speak, connected to like the, the bottom of the U, so to speak, um, that third wall can't be uh, made with a one tefach or one and a bit tefach wide slat. It has to be made with a four tefach wide board. So four tefach and wide and then ten tefachim high, and then between that board, and then at least one of the other walls, you'll have a distance of less than three tefachim. Then you got lavud, so that means you're going to have with your with you have your four or four and a bit, like four point one, whatever it is, wide board plus your like two point nine or whatever it is gap that's lavud. The two together will add up to being seven tefachim, and voila, you have a seven tefach wide wall which will mean essentially you kind of have in this U-shape, if you will, like on the right and left of the U, you have 7 by 10 tefachim solid walls. And then like the bottom of the U, if you will, you have just a four tefach or four and a bit tefach wide board that's placed within three tefachim of one of the other boards on either the right or the left, giving you 7 on that side as well. And that will be sufficient. Okay, so that's that third wall. Not so complicated. And there you go. Okay, so we're listing three categories of psul. We had um, two so far. We had, it has to be if less intense Fakhim, or if it has fewer than three walls like I described. The third is, maruba If the sukkah has more sun than shade, also psula. What does that mean? So the schach is the essential part of the sukkah. It goes atop the sukkah, and it's going to cast a shadow down below. You want that the sukkah should be a shady place, as the word schach implies. That's to cast, like, it's to be a covered area. Sochach is to cover up to know, like, effectively casting the shadow. So if the majority of the ground space in the sukkah is shadowed in shadow, so then even though there's a minority that's got sun on it, when you have any halachic phenomenon, which is comprised of two elements, so the legal status of the whole composite is determined by, the majority. So in this case, the majority is shade. So that means that the whole thing has a status of being a shaded area, where the majority majority of the ground bathed in sun as opposed to shade. Then the whole suck would have a status of being a sunny, not shady area, and would not be kosher. So that implies basically um, the the mission of the words of the mission says it's only invalid if it's got more sun than shade, which would sort of that if it were exactly fifty fifty. Hypothetically, it would still be. Kosher. That's true, but as the Gemara speaks out, that would mean that up above, when the schach, where the schach is, you have still have slightly more coverage than non coverage, and um, because the sun kind of gets around the edges and casts like a little bit of slightly narrow shadow, if you will, so narrower shadow than the size of the the foliage above uh, the schach. So that's that. You have the majority shade. Otherwise, it's puzzle. Okay, fine. New paragraph, if you will. The mission has a new point here. It talks about a sukkah yeshana, an old sukkah. Okay, this part of the mission also often confounds people. So let me explain what's going on over here and the word, don't worry about the words at all. There's a very basic machloka zotin, be'shame and beishilel. Whether, when one sets up his sukkah, does he need to do it specifically for the sake of doing a mitzvah? Is it a, I'll call it a sukkah, like a mitzvah hut? Or is it just, I'll call it a. I'll call it a gazebo, is it just there to be a nice shady place to chill. So if it's, if you the, even though it might look identical, if it's done for the sake of a mitzvah and it's a sukkah, so then that's one thing. If it's done for the sake of just cast being a shady place and it's like a gazebo, it's a different thing. Bas Shammai holds. If you set up the exact same structure but you did not not do it l'shem mitzvah, you didn't do it for the sake of a mitzvah, it's not a sukkah, it's just a gazebo and it's not kosher. Whereas base Hillel holds, no, any shady place will do if you set it up to cast to make a shady place. Even a gazebo is totally kosher for your for your uh, to be a sukkah. So that's a machlokus. If if you must set up your hut to be a mitzvah hut or not. Now, the mission is concerned. It talks about a sukkah yashan, and old sukkah. Here's the thought. The thought is, if you're setting up up your hut and it's within thirty days of sukkus, so then. You got sukkahs on your mind. The rule is you're supposed to be studying, preparing for the halachas, and studying the sukk- the halachas, and preparing for the holiday thirty days prior to the holiday. So you, it's within thirty days. You got sukkahs on your mind, and of course if you're setting up a hut in your backyard. Even if you're not explicit about the purpose of the hut, of course it's for a mitzvah of doing sukkah, and therefore everyone will agree, both basil and Beis that it's a kosher sukkah. However, if you're setting up like a, just a gazebo in your backyard, and sukkahs is not for a long time. Say you know it's the beginning of the summer. So then if you didn't explicitly say this is gonna be my mitzvah hut for sukkahs, so then it was done for the sake of a mitzvah, presumably it was just done for the sake of having a shady place to chill in the summer. And that being the case, Behish Shama says it's not going to be acceptable. Not not a kosher sukkah. Okay, Bishil says it's okay. However, understand that even Beh would agree, and this is the word people get a little confused. If you sukkah, set up a set up a, a sukkah and you set it up a long time in advance, you've got you've for argument's sake your child just had his brisk today, and you think, gosh, when he turns 13 in bar mitzvah, he'll want his own private sukkah. I'm going to build him a sukkah now, so in 13 years he'll have a sukkah to live in. And you build that hut in your backyard, shame for the sake of doing the mitzvah, in 13 years from now, even Beish Shammah would agree that's a kosher sukkah. Okay? Um, the issue is simply when you're building it and you're not explicit about the purpose of building it. Okay, so that being the case, the Mishnah says, Sukkah Yeshana, if you have an old sukkah which means a sukkah that was built more than 30 days before the holiday and you were not explicit about the purpose for its construction is it a mitzvah hut or is it just a shady hut? Beishamai Polson Beishamai say presumably you built it for the shade not for the mitzvah you weren't explicit it's more than 30 days away and therefore it's not kosher it's an invalid as a sukkah because you didn't build it for the sake of a mitzvah you built it for the sake of the shade Hill, Machshir and Beishil say no it's kosher because no need to build it specifically for the sake of the mitzvah. If you build it just for the sake of casting shade, that's sufficient. The he sukkah yeshana, what defines a quote-unquote old sukkah? Kol sha'asa yom. Anytime you build this hut in your backyard, I shouldn't say backyard, anything you build this hut um, more than 30 days before a sukkah, so then unless you explicitly say and think this is for the Mitzvah of Sukkah also, so then it will be old and not kosher, it says Beishame. However, if you built this hut and you built it having explicitly the Mitzvah of Sukkah in mind, also, you're, this is my Sukkah for Sukkahs, which will be in however many months from now, so then Afilu sashana. even if you built it 12 months ago, meaning you built it like you know last Tishrei, last year, Kshira. even Beishame agree such a Sukkah is kosher. Okay, now. Um, the Yerushalmi just adds, by the way, that even according to Beis Hill, who says that the sukkah yeshana, the sukkah built, you know, just for shade long in advance, is kosher, he, and that's the halach, of course, Beis Hill say that ideally, lecharchila, it would be um, better to be what's called lechadash badavar, to add some new elements, shame for the sake of the mitzvah of sukkah, so to add a bit more sukkah, specifically for the sake of doing the mitzvah of sukkah, or let's say, taking off a piece of sukkah and putting it back on again, and so on, to renew it, that would be ideal. But after the fact, this hill holds any shady hut that you make is a kosher sukkah, provided, of course, that it meets all other requirements for a kosher sukkah.